Hi, I'm Ben Bies. And I'm Carly Bies. We've been married for 12 years and together for 15 and have two boys. This is our story of a controlling church and spiritual abuse and how it shook our relationship and clouded our view of God. Our desire is that our honest view of pain and trauma in relationships can provide hope and the courage to hold on when life does not turn out as planned. While also providing a dash of humor and loving banter. We are still working to find wholeness and we welcome you on our journey. Thursday, friends. Finally. Thursday. Yes. It's Thursday. When you listen to this, it's Thursday. Yes. Um, well, let's just jump right into it. We talked a little bit last time about the business. Um, and before we move on with that, some conversations and different thoughts have come up from reading some old journals. Yes. We have so many journals. Mostly me. Mostly I have so Carly. Many journals. We used Mine, to write so much. Yeah. Mine mostly were like long prayers. Yeah. Well, so. most most of mine were that too. But we would take notes on all the Bible studies that we are part of, like the one in college. And then once we got to the church, like we just yeah. were constantly taking notes because it was just, we were being fed so much. Yeah. It's a good habit to be in. Yeah. Anyone out there who takes notes, good for you. In journaling, I is helpful for me in just processing. Definitely. So, <clears throat> yeah. But going through some of that, yes. car, what, what, and part of this beginning is I want to go through what was Carly thinking, because <laughs> <laughs> a lot of this has been story oriented and talking about um, the different situations we were in and selling T-shirts on the street corner and. Uh, making macrame, handmade African <laughs> artwork. Um, but I also... <laughs> um, we were talking a little bit last week how maybe you guys are missing a perspective on how Carly really felt during this time. So we wanted to take some time, and this is the What Does Carly Feel segment. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have that planned? No, that just kind of came out. Just that came was to you. it was like the final four. So it's your, yeah, it's your special gift. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, and just in reading some old journals, um, a lot of stuff came up. Not necessarily things that I haven't been in touch with the past ten years. Like they're still very, they still feel very like raw and real sometimes. Um, but I just wanted to touch on a couple of things. Um, before we continued on with our story, just so, yeah, we knew where I was in this process. Um, cause we know where Ben is a lot in the story, um, with the businesses and working so long and all of that. But, um, you know, there's a reason why I got to such a terrible place. What we talked about in the first episode yeah. of being on the couch on a Wednesday night, that one night wanting to just leave everything give up yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and i would say probably about a year after we were married so we were married in 06 so about 2007 um so the year of the game show and getting that money and starting these businesses um is when i really started realizing that i was like struggling with what felt like lust 
and not in the sense of like pornography or that sort of thing. Um, but I really was, I, I couldn't really understand that I wasn't happy with my own life, which looking back feels so obvious. <laughs> Duh. Oh, but, you don't like your marriage right now? <laughs> But at the time, it felt like, how could I be feeling these things? Like, it felt so wrong. Um, but everything that I saw that was not my own marriage or my own relationship, I, like, wanted. So, um, like, I felt like I could find something in every single movie or anything, like, on TV, looking in magazines. Um, I was so, like, bombarded with feeling, like, like just lusting after a completely different life and um, what what looked like these people in happy relationships and wanting that and wanting to, I don't know, just wanting a different life. And I remember being so, it was, I felt so shame. I was so shameful about it. Um, and I, it wasn't something I like discussed with anybody except my closest girlfriend at the church. And, um, you know, and, sh- and we just like continued to pray about it, but it was, it was so hard to like reconcile in my own mind, like why I was feeling that way. Um, because there really was no room for me to really be allowed to be disappointed with any parts of our marriage. Like that was just in no way, um, allowed for either of us to discuss that. And, um, and so we didn't. Yeah. If there was really, wasn't just in our marriage, but any part of your life, if mm-hmm. you weren't experiencing some kind of joy, then there's something wrong with you. The yeah. joy of the Lord is your strength. Mm-hmm. So what's wrong with you that you are not experiencing God's joy? Yeah. You must not have enough of God's spirit or his love or any number of things. So there's something wrong with you. It's not that your situation needs to change mm-hmm. or that in this case, our marriage just wasn't healthy. Mm-hmm. And how we interacted <clears throat> with each other or how I treated her, it was that there's something wrong with you mm-hmm. because you're not joyful. And so much of the sermons were like, that was kind of how they were framed as well. You know, there was no, um, there was no like taking inventory on your own life and what really you were doing, especially because it was so like intertwined with the pastor and the businesses outside of the church. But, um, like most of my journal entries around this time were about like me basically confessing for not having enough faith and um, apologizing to God for like not trusting him enough and not being content and, um, you know, like basically um, like some things that I had written was like, be content in all things and godliness with contentment is much gain and um, like, which are all true things. Which are extremely true. This is the crazy thing about (laughs) especially spiritual manipulation is that you can take what really is true and just twist it just a little Mm -hmm. bit because Mm -hmm. godliness with contentment is great gain. We should be content in our lives. We should have the joy of the Lord as our strength, but... There also should be a realistic view of our relationships and how we treat one another. Mm-hmm. And if our marriages are lining up with what the Bible really says. Um, but there was none of that. It was follow this plan. And if your result isn't joy, there's something wrong with you, mm-hmm. um, which is not good. Well, and we, and we also knew that there wasn't 
like there wasn't going to be a change in our life in terms of like job stuff or yeah. like that. We knew that wasn't a reality. It wouldn't even have to have the discussion. We wouldn't have discussed it anyways, but like we wouldn't have had to discuss like, oh, well maybe like let's reevaluate some things. Yeah. No, there was no reevaluating anything. Maybe we should so- make more than $0 a month. <laughs> could that be, could that help? But it, it was it made it so confusing for me, like, why am I feeling this way? And it just got stronger and stronger, really, as the years went on. Um, but I remember for probably, I don't remember how long it was, I want to say almost a year, I, like, I told myself, okay, like, no magazines, um, no, like, looking at, like, people.com, because I, like, loved doing that. I think we talked about that <laughs> was one of my... <laughs> um, my indulgences or guilty pleasures, um, that I used to love to do and, and, and no romantic movies or comedies or any TV shows that had any sort of like romance or any sort of like happy. Yeah. And this happened (laughs) when this went on for quite a long time, even after we left where we couldn't watch romantic movies, romantic comedies. We couldn't, I never talked to you about this stuff. But when we left, you had, yeah, by the time we left. So, the reason I say that is because I know there could be some people in certain situations where you're going through a rough time and you just think, well, once the bolt of lightning strikes, everything will be fine. Yeah. But, you know, there's collateral damage in relationships mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and there's time it takes to heal. And I remember for years after we had left the church, us not being able to watch certain shows mm-hmm. and watch certain movies, not because um, they had sex in them or violence, but because there was too much romance. Yeah. There was something that I like never, that we never had in our marriage that I felt like I had never gotten from, from Ben. And it was too painful to watch that. Um, it was too painful, but at the same time, like my flesh desired it so much because it took me out of my own reality. And that's what's so scary about like, I hate to call it a stronghold because that's like, the worst word <laughs> but, but in lust, a sense i mean yeah lust i think is, lust is yeah. just wanting something you don't have yes yeah and it was such a strong thing over my life and and you don't have to be like this isn't something that like obviously just like people that follow christ deal with like everybody can deal with this sort of thing um and i was aware enough that i need like i knew i needed to like cut out those things because continuing to do those things like reading magazines and, you know, seeing beautiful, famous people and, um, you know, watching romantic movies, it was, it was like only feeding my, my problem. And so I knew I needed to cut it out and it wasn't gonna like solve everything, but it was what I had control over at the time. And so I knew enough to, um, try to, you know, cut those things out. And it was really hard because at the same time it, you had nothing to do. Well, yeah, you're never home. And it like, you want to do things that gratify your flesh, like, because it feels good and it's nice and it makes you happy. You know, like, does it, did it really make me happy? No, because at the end of the day, you're still gone and we didn't really have a loving relationship. So, but I mean, that's like the struggle, right? You know, it's like why, why people drink and why people, are into other things that aren't probably good for them. And really doing anything for the wrong reasons is going to be an issue. But, um, and not that any of those things are bad, not like reading magazines are bad or watching romantic movies. Like, obviously, like, 
those are not bad things, but I knew for me and, and our relationship and how it was, I knew I needed to cut those things out. And I remember like even turning people down to go see a movie, um, and like really having to decide like, okay, am I going to put myself through this? Um, because it really like, it like would wreck me for days. I remember it would oh. wreck me for days and it would, it would draw more distance between you and I. Yeah. And, and that was like, so like that felt so tangible. And even though there was already such a distance that was growing, um, th- the, like me contributing to that, like felt like too heavy for me to bear in the way of watching a movie that I knew was going to set me over the edge. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And, and again, not like you're not like it's bad to cut those things out. If you feel like you need to, that's all good too, but there has to be a realistic yeah. measure of being able <clears throat> to have honest conversations with people in your life also. Yeah. And we never talked about it never, because no. I mean, I don't know why, but then I do know why <laughs> we never did, but it just, we would have never been able to, I think, I think we knew early on, we would never be able to come to an agreement on something, yeah. um, that would produce some sort of change. Yeah. And I think for myself, I knew that there was a deep down inside of me, there was a part that I feel like was God or the Holy Spirit continually <laughs> pushing me towards this might not be right. And <laughs> of course, in my, in our experience, it was the devil, but it was probably the Holy <laughs> Spirit saying, Hey, you need to reevaluate this. Um, and I always knew that I couldn't allow that part of me to show because it would draw Carly farther away, which would make things harder. But yeah, that was I, the yeah. biggest thing is you yeah. weren't, if, if I were to show any weakness and you were to show any comfort to my weakness, that would, you were afraid that that would, basically push me to continue to be weak and you couldn't have that or we've mentioned it before have that jezebel spirit which (laughs) throughout this business i I can't tell you many times i was called to say you need to and and our pastor would never address carly because carly's kind of a spitfire and she had this weird um i think it was scared of her you know if we've mentioned that before because she (laughs) something i love about her she's very strong with her convictions and she's not going to act a certain way if she doesn't feel that way. And um, so it was always brought to me, you need to check your wife. You need to um, make sure she's in line. Or And and um, so that's how that went down. Yeah, and your way of doing that like wasn't, um, you didn't really know how to do that in any other way of then like, like, hey, you need to like more of a condemning sort of way. Like it was, yeah. ne- you know, like, like, you didn't know how to do it in a faith. yeah in a in a conversation. Why don't you have any joy in your life? Right? Are you spending enough time with God? Yeah, whatever. yeah. Um, so I mean, we were slowly growing apart during this time, while me still being very supportive on the outside, um, and yeah, like continuing to kind of live like that, like that two, like that double life, um. Where at home I was like somebody else, you know, um, and you know, as you got busier and busier, I would kind of try to make myself busy with friends if if I could, you know, if if there were times outside the from outside the church people that I would see, um, you know, or even like people that used to go to the church that 
that no longer did that I was still close with because we went to school together. Um, you know, I would, I would give her like a haircut or something, but even though like I felt convicted hanging out with those people and, and was, it was very much frowned upon by you, you know, and like kind of, you know, be careful. Like she has a whatever type of spirit and you don't want to like <laughs> catch it. <laughs> Again, just like the controlling aspect um, that that you know you were being so controlled and and therefore you you know were contro- you know controlling right. me and, and really and the only the way end, you knew how to be in our relationship. If you're in any situation that wants to deny you from exploring the truth, and obviously we didn't think it was the truth at the time, but in, anything that tries to control information is not a good thing. Um, I think you can celebrate being able to see different perspectives and still hold strong to your core beliefs. But anything that tries to cut off those perspectives and mm-hmm. not allow you to explore those perspectives is is on the verge of being in putting you in a really bad spot. Yeah. Yeah. Um but anyway, I wanted to, anything else you want to add on that before we move on? No, that was just that's that's where my mind and where my head and heart were at during this time. Um, so just wanted to, I guess, let the people know that, <laughs> um, you know, I was it was very much an inner struggle, an inner battle that I was dealing with, and not and in beginning to realize that I was not happy in our marriage and, um, and you weren't either. Like we both were not happy with how things were, was not as what we expected our marriage to be like. But again, we never had that conversation of like, what's going on with us? Like, let's fix this, you know? So we just continued to grow apart further and further. Um, but, but yeah, this is where I was. Um, and it just kind of obviously continued to get worse um, as I grew further and further away in, in my own protection, um, from Ben. So getting back to the story now, um, now that you're all depressed about where I've been. Come back. <laughs> I feel sad for myself all over again. I feel sad for us all over again. Um, so we were getting ready to, yeah, go on this trip to Africa to, um, which country? Nigeria. Nigeria, yeah. To Lagos. We went, yeah, because we went to Africa separately in college, like yes. on mission trips, so I was getting confused. Um, yes, to Lagos. Nigeria. Nigeria. Yep. Um, at a, a, was it a sister church there? Yeah, it was, a, it was a church that was one of the biggest ones in Lagos that um, their head pastor had passed away and... His wife was running the church, and we were going to do a revival there for, ended up being for almost two weeks, right? Yeah, two weeks we were there. Mm-hmm. So it was, a, okay, so it was a musical, re- like, worship revival. Worship, <clears throat> preaching, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, kind, and kind of like conference style, yeah. too, right? Like yes. daily basis kind of yes. thing. Okay. And people were coming from all over, um, like, the their country. Yeah. To come and it was, yeah, it was a big church. It was actually was a big church yeah. as opposed to what we were used to. It was actually <laughs> yeah. a yeah. very large church. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it seemed like everything we did at our church was just not 
planned out well or thought (laughs) through well. So this again was a trip that was just sort of last minute. Well, by last minute, you in terms of like traveling to Africa, you're thinking of going to another country. You need like, yeah, you want eight months to prepare. But I think for us, it was maybe like a four month period. Yeah, I think, yeah. Four month period of being like, oh, maybe we'll do this. Then like three weeks of, oh, we're really doing this. Yeah, and like hit the ground (laughs) running and expediting. We did some great fundraising for it. One was the barbecue. Oh yes, fundraising. The barbecue. We brought in tens of tens of dollars, (laughs) (laughs) which were my dollars. (laughs) Just kidding. That we stole from the homeless guy on the side (laughs) of the street. Oh we didn't actually do that. Yeah, but. we did barbecue. I remember somehow, like, you guys would start delivering barbecue to people, yeah, right? Did. Yeah. I, do you remember who you delivered to? No, I don't. It, it was probably, probably like it was businesses. Of, yeah, no, there was friends, friends that, that lived were... that worked at business. We did a catering event for someone who it was a big uh, African American award show, mm-hmm. and. We all worked it for free. Yeah, as, that was awesome. That as, was super legit. It was, it was like a legit award yeah. show. And we helped cater. We basically picked up the trash and replenished things. And Yeah. But an we all did it for... Everybody in the church did it for free, and then we just got paid to the fund that was going to Africa. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the big one? The silent auction. Was the, it a silent the auction? silent auction. Yeah. So we've talked <laughs> about the many talents in the church, the the crafting, <laughs> the the knitting, the knitting, and the um, I don't know, yeah, the painting and whatever, cooking and all of that the stuff. Dancing the dancing, the dancing flags. So we did a silent auction, and how did we did we advertise for this? I don't know. I know that I worked really hard to find a spot, and we ended up having a spot in Manhattan Beach at like a. Elks Lodge. Yeah, it was that yeah. They donated to us and we brought food in. And yeah, it is interesting when you ask, did we advertise? And you usually think when you do a silent auction, you need people from the outside world. I mean, if you're at a church when no one has money, what's the use of doing a silent auction when <laughs> the people who have no money are coming to your silent auction? But you had like I remember you going to a lot of different businesses to try to get things donated. Yes. Do you remember what some of them were? Because I know they were like services of people in the church that like had like actual jobs. Um, yeah, some was services. I, I got donated a couple hotel stays. Um, yeah, I don't know. I called everyone. In but the area. we we catered it like the church. Like we cooked yes. for it. Okay, so I remember that. We had this silent auction, and it was it was cool because it was like not at our own church, yeah. so it felt a little bit more legit. Yes. And um, my family was there, yes. and maybe a handful of like other like normal people. Maximum, <laughs> maximum twelve people that weren't in our church, <laughs> with thirty or forty different products. And I remember being so mad at you. Because, do you remember? Yeah, we um, we delivered the food. But oh, yeah, because you, you guys had been cooking all day with No, no, with... he had been cooking, we'd been doing our business. Right, but like he had been cooking all day. Yeah, is, okay. so we delivered the food, and then 
we were going to stay there and help set up and stay there for the whole time, we were called back and said we couldn't possibly miss a couple hours of work <laughs> to stay there. So we had to leave and then... Yeah. Yeah. So you, yeah, you guys came, dropped up the food, and you were supposed to be there like to support yeah. and... And help like run, run the, thing. the thing yeah exactly um but yeah you guys had just started hw design and yeah could not be bothered to be at something that was important like you had way more important work to do and so you were like summoned to go back to his house to work and i remember being so mad because my parents had come all the way up yeah and i and i was so embarrassed too yeah. like because i couldn't because I couldn't like explain to them like why you had to go. Yeah, like, hey, this is hey, something we've like, on for months. So. Yeah, and now he's got to leave to go like work at this fake business that's like well, stupid. It was a real business. <laughs> All right, had a lot of good clients. <laughs> but um, yeah, that was I remember being so like that was such a hard night. Yeah. I remember for both of us, and again, it wasn't something we could talk about. Yeah, like, it you, was really hard for me like, too in my own individual thinking. And honestly, for me, I just thought, oh, a night away from doing the business. Yeah, like, like you were I just excited thought, to oh, be I there. I cannot wait to be at a different spot, just hang out, yeah. eat some good food. Even if we don't make any money, I'm away from it. Yeah. I put a lot of work into this. Like we could be together. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and had you been able to respond like, hey, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so mad I have to leave too. Like, it's just such a bummer. It would have been such a different like evening, you know, but it's like, we didn't know how to communicate that. So instead I was upset with you and then you in turn got upset with me. Yeah. Yeah, Like we were both defensive towards each other, which Which is a great marriage lesson for everyone out there listening (laughs) because we are still working through that process to this day. It's okay to have honest conversations, even if you both don't agree. Yeah. It's, it's going to be okay. And if as a husband, I'm doing something that's hard for me. It's okay to tell my wife it's hard for me. I have to do it anyway. And it yeah. actually makes her feel better about the situation yeah, too. Because then I don't Instead feel... of just being like, don't you dare question me. Because yeah. I'm so afraid that if somehow she questions me, it's going to make everything fall apart. No, it's okay to say, look, I don't want to do this either, but I have to because of where we're at in life right now. I'm sorry. And I wish I, I could be here alone with you. In my own yeah. fe- I don't feel alone in my feelings, you know, but instead like we're both, we're not communicating like real and so then we're both like just angry at each other even though we are feeling the same way but like we can't possibly express that because yeah like what that would cause a spiral of doom of of doom (laughs) exactly so the um silent auction was a obviously a a huge (laughs) a hit (laughs) a huge we made at least two hundred dollars a huge sack of (laughs) cockapoo And, um, yeah, it just felt like a total, but I remember feeling at the time, like, oh, this was cool. I was still feeling proud of things we were doing at the time. Well, I feel like even though it was totally made no money, it was still great that we put in the effort. If, if if it wasn't for the products we had the silent auction, it was a nice event. Yeah. And it was, had good food and it was set up well and. But, you know, just like anything else, no matter how much set, there's only so many logos you can offer to people um, in order to, you know, have them buy it so we can go to Africa. Yeah. So we continue to be in the hole, basically, in terms of funds to raise. So we were raising funds like as a 
like group, right? Yeah, as a church, we were raising <laughs> funds, but I don't think we really understood what we were raising funds for. I think it was because we were like, oh, we want to make sure our pastor gets there oh, and our yes. and our equipment <clears throat> gets there, some sound equipment because we were going to donate some to the church and. We were basically making sure that, like, the core group of people got there. Yeah. First um, class. Well, that was one... That That's... <sighs> Am I too soon? Well, so, yeah, jump to the end. <laughs> well, not yet. Um, Go, I mean, let's... So we went through this process of raising money, and, and in the end, the money we raised went all towards buying our pastor a first class ticket. And no one else got anything. So it was ended up all being for him for a first class ticket. Because um, in our mind, it was like, oh, he needs to get there. But really, it was because he said he needed a first class ticket. So yeah. it. Which obviously. It, it just. It's a crap show. Yeah. All right. Like. It's like the epitome of. After everything you've been through to try to get this thing off the ground. So then. We're, we didn't question it. Do you no. remember feeling like. I don't remember feeling like. I mean, at the time, I was still so blinded. Yeah. By like, no, he's like, this is absolutely what we. Yeah, he's gonna like, he's he gonna deserves. write a new song on the way there. Like he like we're gonna be like changing nations. So. Yeah. Like. Which he, well, this was maybe the first legitimate he time. Should fly in comfort. Where we thought we might because it was a different country and it was a very large church and. Yeah. There was a lot of excitement surrounding it. They yeah. were excited to have us. And we know. had been to Africa before, so that was exciting for us. Yeah, we had both we individually had been. Yeah. I went to there, Ethiopia. And I went to Zambia. Yeah. So, um, you know, we felt kind of like that. We did both love Africa. Yeah, yeah. Our, personally, our marriage. Did. Yeah. I don't know about the rest of the church, but we had great experiences yeah. of seeing real life change yeah. there. And now I hate Africa, but... <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't mean to say that, but it's the truth. <laughs> this no, this one trip was hard. Um, that's an understatement, but we'll <laughs> get there. So yeah, so we we continued to try to raise money, and it seemed like we just continued to spend our money on things we were trying to do to raise money, and yeah. didn't actually end up raising money. Buy more money. ribs to make to make money. Yeah, buy more ribs to make more barbecue to sell to people at church. <laughs> So basically what happens is we end up going to Africa, um, well, but let's not because forget. it was late in the process, um, we had to get our visas, and, and <clears throat> maybe we didn't understand the process fully, because when we had done it in college, we had some people supporting us, and we ended up having to get last minute and having to spend thousands of dollars on last minute visas. Yeah, expedite our visas. And um, ended up... And this was only a full year after we won the game show, or two years? One year. One year after we won our game show, and we had we ended up maxing out our credit card. Not even just our bank account money. Yeah, our bank we account maxed, money was gone. We maxed out our credit card for our ticket, our expedited visa, and for a ticket for one of our friends. Yeah. But we, remember, we had to get there early. We decided we were going to get there early because the sound equipment... Um, we needed to make sure. We just needed to make sure everything was set in place. And yeah, ready to go. maybe that was part of your, like your armor bearer duties. Yeah, so you we had to get there early. Yes. Our our best friends who were married um, decided that we were going to go together. So that was prob- that was part of why we had to. We were leaving a day earlier than everybody yeah. else, so we had to a full day, yeah. have our visas maybe expedited. Maybe almost two days. It was like a day and a half. 
Yeah, because of our layover. Yeah. So I ha- I remember driving to like a FedEx like headquarters, like an hour <laughs> away, to pick up our visas because they would not arrive if I if we waited for the mailman to come to get them. Yeah, that, and we that wouldn't day. have been able to we enter had to into leave, Africa. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, and like Lagos was so like sort of dangerous too at the time. Yeah, I don't it know if was. it still is, no, but it was dangerous and is dangerous. Like yeah. they would turn us away. Like yeah. it was very serious. It's in a lot of turmoil. At the time. Yeah. Yeah. So between I the Muslim to, and Christian influence and yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. So I remember having to drive to get that and just being so freaking annoyed. Like what, <laughs> like what am I doing? Like, what are we doing? This is so annoying. Um, but our travel ended up being so awesome because we were with our two best friends and we had our we 16 had a hour layover. layover in Paris. In Paris. And we kind of, did it just work out that way? It like did we were sort of work out and sort of, I think I thought. Everyone else was flying Delta. We were flying Air France. Yeah. And we just totally lucked out in terms <laughs> so of. So lucked out. Um, yeah, it just was like kind of a little retreat because it we was. were. Your phones didn't in work. Europe, yeah. So, so no it wasn't one could like contact no us. one could contact us. We landed at like <clears throat> six o'clock at night, I think. In yeah, we Paris. our layover was through the night. Um, maybe it was earlier. It was like early afternoon. We landed, then we yeah, took the bus into Paris. We literally went to every yeah, place we in Paris, the city, everywhere. And then our flight was leaving again the next day. And but we didn't have a hotel. We didn't have we didn't have no, any money for we, anything. No, we were just gonna go walk around, and we did, and it was yeah. awesome experience. It was awesome until about like four in the morning, four a.m. when the when we, subways. Yeah. Closed. We wanted to get back to the airport because our plane was gonna leave. But the subways closed from like four a.m. to six a.m. So we were sitting outside in Paris, and it was it was very cold. It was very cold. And I had my even though it was it was October. It was October. I had my computer bag. Remember. And like my shoulder was gonna fall off. Yeah, not even a backpack. Like, a computer bag, yeah. not a backpack. <laughs> we were so dumb. We and we had no coats. So for two to three hours in Paris, we were on like a park bench in front of some cathedral, <laughs> freezing our A's off. Because also freezing. nothing else is open. Nothing but else is that open. That city, that city is lit until like three a.m. Holy cow! You I see like forty-year-olds walking around at like one a.m. No, 60-year-olds. It was yeah, like, I was going to say, 1 a.m. is not no even big that deal. Late, but Well, if we would have if we would have been allowed to go in bars at the time, we could have gone in a bar. No, we, babe, we went into a bar because it was freezing and we were so hungry. None of us had money. <laughs> and in Europe, you have to, like, pay for water. So we had yeah. to, like, we asked, like, for water and wanted to make sure, like, we didn't have to pay for it because we had no money. Like, we were so <laughs> maxed out. It was like one of those situations where we're like, okay, who's going to like, you know, overdraft this time. (laughs) But then we're in Europe, so it's going to be like really bad, you know, with like the bank situation. We had no cash, no, like we had nothing. Like what a terrible situation. (laughs) Like my parents are probably cringing at the thought of like this happening right now. But um, felt totally safe and like felt so alive and it was like such a fun experience. Except for those two hours before the subway. Except those two hours. Because those were really miserable. Carly almost cried when we saw the place where Princess Di went under and got crashed into. Princess Diana (laughs) should have been part of my obsessions. 100%. I stayed up 
<laughs> cries. All night she still cries when she hears the name Princess Diana. <laughs> I stayed up all bloody night watching that funeral. Not just stayed up all night, but also videotaped it. Probably, Recorded yeah. It. No, I, I, I don't, I don't have many more. I think my mom finally to get rid of them. But I had all the newspaper clippings from her like life and her funeral. Yes. Because I'm a weird, a weirdo. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. I'm weird. Um, but yeah, I was. But I like loved Prince William at the time, and he was like kind of the heartthrob of like you know my era. Um, you know when I was in, I guess I was in junior high when it happened, right? I don't know. I think eighth grade, yeah. Um, but, oh my gosh, I remember I was at my girlfriend Megan's house, and she was asleep. I was spending the night, and I'm sitting up watching it because it was obviously in um, in London, the funeral, so it's like a completely different time change. I remember just sobbing as Elton John's <laughs> singing a candle in the wind. Um, and, yeah, just... Very connected, but... Um, <laughs> so that was the highlight of our yes, Paris trip. Yes, well, that wasn't the highlight. It no. was obviously very, um, very, you know, sobering moment to see where she... Yeah. But her it wasn't, like, crashed. an amazing... <clears throat> we were free for that 12 to 16 hours. Yeah. No one could contact us. We yeah. were in a different country. It was the first time my phone wasn't ringing off the hook yeah. in years. It was just... It was so, it was. It was like the feel of like a normal life. Yes. You know, like just a a very small glimpse of what maybe normal people deal with (laughs) (laughs) or get to experience. Um, But then we got on a plane. (laughs) Yeah. So then we get to Africa and everyone else isn't showing up for at least like what, 24 hours or the next day. We get there at night. um, And I remember the first thing that happened was my freaking suitcase, the wheel broke off. (laughs) And we all know there's a lot of dirt paths in Africa. And so my suitcase wheel had broken off and it's just dragging the entire time. <laughs> there should have been a sign of what the trip was going to be like. But um, it's not significant or anything. I just remember that happening and being so frustrated that it did because it just made traveling to um, on our way home to Paris, yeah. or, like with that bag, was just the worst. And. The crazy thing to think about is we're literally flying into a foreign country. We we don't know who we're meeting. We have no idea where we're going. No idea where and we're going. And we don't know who we're meeting. We're just no. expecting to to come there and then have somebody meet us. Like with, we knew someone was going to be picking us with up. With a sign for us or something. I don't even remember... I don't even remember. We just knew someone was going to be picking us up or we knew to like take some sort of taxi. Did someone from the church pick us up? Someone from the church picked us up. And I think there was a sign with our name, but I mean, we landed without knowing who was picking us up in a a foreign country where there was turmoil and war going on. And there were armed guards everywhere with us. Yeah. Well, once we finally got there, not when we first landed. So we, we ended up hopping in this lady's car and it was in the middle of the day and we drove, I think, think 10 miles maybe less and it took us four hours yeah it was it was brutal it was Classic if anyone African thinks traffic. If, you, if anyone thinks american traffic is bad this was the worst traffic i've ever been in yeah because they don't actually have lanes in africa well they people have lanes just, just no one no listens people to just do whatever they want to do well in in nigeria <laughs> at least where we were back. yeah it was the craziest i mean we were like on the freeway and there's People selling stuff on the freeway, and it's like not selling 
um, t-shirts. I mean, it's like, <laughs> hey, I've got a toaster and, and, <laughs> and I've got a car seat. And it's like anything they could find, they were just walking between the cars selling. And then the taxis were actually motorcycles. And multiple times we were in Lagos, I saw a motorcycle with a person on back, like run into a car in the back of the car and then get mad at the car. <laughs> But it took us four or five hours. Just total nonsense. And, and it was like crazy. We're sitting in this car looking at each other like, where are like, we? We don't the know. What are we they could doing? be. Ta- who knows where they're taking us? Yeah. We literally have no idea. And we finally showed up at the, the church that we we're staying at. Um, and we were treated like royalty because I think they thought somehow because we were there first, we were special. <laughs> Yeah, we were definitely treated like royalty. It was kind of weird. Like they were just kind of like waiting on us and our Anything where we, we were wanted. staying wasn't ready for us yeah. yet. So that's why we were at the church kind of waiting. And so like the pastor who was this female, because her husband had passed away and so she kind of took over, um, like had like a very powerful, powerful presence about her. Yeah. And I really did like her. And even to this day, I don't have like ill feelings towards her um like i do a lot of other people but um like she seemed very like real to me Mm -hmm. even like looking back um but like i'll never forget when we first got there and we were in this like upstairs room i like went to use the restroom and i like had gotten something in my eye and i'm telling you for like 45 (laughs) minutes to an hour I could not get this thing out of my eye. It felt like I had fiberglass in my eye. You know when you have something in your eye and like you feel like you're never going to survive? Like I'm never going to see again. Like I'm blind for life. Never going to not feel this Yeah, feeling. I'm never going to. Like I forgot what it felt like to just see normally yeah. and not have my eye hurting so bad. Yeah, like if you ever have pink eye, that feeling like I'll never know what a normal eye feels like. Carly's never had pink eye. That's, that's, that's not really what I was thinking. But. That's what I thought of. No, this was like so incredibly painful. And I remember thinking, it almost felt like at the time, I remember thinking in my mind, is this like a sign? Like, is something bad going to happen? I felt really scared because we're in a country, we don't know anybody. We have no way to communicate. Yeah, Yeah, there's just the four of us. We have no way to really communicate. I mean, if we wanted to, I'm sure we could figure out a way to communicate. But we have armed guards with us. Yeah. Like, that have, like, heavy-duty machine guns. Yeah. Right? Is that what those were? Yeah. <laughs> AK-47s, and yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, and so, it was kind of like, I wasn't scared, but should I be scared? Like, looking at each other, like, <laughs> should I be worried right now? I had no idea, like, men with guns were going to be walking around with us. And are they on our team? <laughs> like, are they, are they for us or are they against us? Um, but... The eye situation was, like, very weird, and I remember feeling like, okay, is this, like, a precursor to how this trip is going to be? <laughs> or is, like, God trying to show me something? Um, because it was, like, very – I mean, we were, like, f- like throwing water, balls, water bottles in my eye because you can't use the faucet water there. No. So I was in the bathroom. I couldn't use the faucet water because you can't use the water. Um, it was just very – like, it was a very unsafe feeling. Like, I, I just felt very out of control. Um, but it all ended up being fine. Everybody else got there, the, you know, the next day yeah, or got, whatever it was. We were saying it like a, a compound. The yeah. nicest place they had. Yeah, by the, far the, the nicest, nicest place, place they, they could put us. And you, yeah. like, drive into these gates. They lock the gates behind you. And, it's basically, and they were, like, little, like, huts. Yeah, Like, huts. just uh, studios. Yeah. Studio, like, places that 
you know. That just, had lizards in our room. But, yeah. you know, it is what it is. It's not a big deal. Yeah, it wasn't like, I our, mean, it would have been the same. It was like the same on our honeymoon, basically, yeah, you know. Yeah. So it wasn't, I mean, not as luxurious, Although obviously. Although it did but, rain and our friend's room was um, flooding. We thought it was because he had a bad attitude. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was, fl- was it flooding because of the rain or was like the toilet flooding? I don't know what it was, but yeah, they but had, he had a really water bad attitude all over about it. Their room. And we remember <laughs> saying, well, it's because he has a bad attitude yeah. that this is happening to him. <laughs> I hope he's laughing listening to this right now. You know who you are. Um, but yeah, so our time, so when we got there, they were like very proud to like show us, like, I mean, I, this was our, our experiences with Africa before. Yeah. Like, Africans are so excited to, like, share their culture with you. Yeah. And show you um, what they do and... Or just so proud to say, look, this is what we did for yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, like, absolutely. Like, we, we went through all this to get you this great place to stay. Yeah. Yeah. And they paid for that, I yeah, think. Yeah, they totally did. Their yeah. church did pay for where we were staying, yes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was a gated place and, um, like we would go to like a common area for breakfast every morning yeah. and, um, like, yeah, but at the same time, like it was, it was totally fine and great at the same time. We're also in a third world country. So this is a very, like, while we're pretty adaptable, we are also in a third world country. And so this is going to be, di- this looks obviously different than yeah. anywhere in America right. that we would stay. But for Africa, this was like it was very great. high class. It was yeah, really, it was a really nice yeah. place that they put together. But for do us, you yeah. remember our pastor? No, you could. I well, you remember. So how about you share? <laughs> well, you remember too. I reminded you, right? Yeah, it was very embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> well, so we he gets there and he basically says like, "I'm not staying here. Like this is unacceptable." No, well he. He didn't necessarily say that. He made us say that to the people. Oh, so okay. it wasn't right. necessarily <laughs> him saying it. It was more like, Ugh, "Hey, I if you're that. gonna if you're gonna look out for me, you better tell them this is unacceptable." Yeah. So, um, and like all of us are. And how many were there of us? There was probably like twenty five of us from the church. Maybe that less. Went? Probably twenty. Maybe yeah, 20? twenty okay. was probably about. Correct. We're all like packed, like unpacked, moved in for yeah. you know, and totally grateful because yeah. we know they did a lot for us to be here. <laughs> Yeah, and like we weren't like yeah, it was it was fine. We weren't feeling like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? We're staying here for two weeks, you know? Like at all. Like it was no. just and I think maybe because we had been to Africa, we already had kind of that expectation of what hotels or compounds are like there, you know. Um but I will never forget the look on their faces, the Africans' faces, the like leadership at the church who had like worked so hard to get us this place when they were told that, like, this was basically total garbage for a pastor. Yeah. Like, it was it was like you had spent your life earnings on a gift for somebody, and they basically just spit in your face. Yeah. It was so embarrassing. I remember feeling so humiliated and so embarrassed for them. Um, and just like, dude, what is wrong with you? Yeah. That was really hard for me to swallow, yeah, too. Even that though was I like really... felt very attached to him, it was yeah. really hard for me to feel like people gave him what they had, the best yeah. that they had, and and he acted like that. So where that did he really end hard. up staying? He stayed in this compound, but they put him in like a a different suite. 
Okay. Because there was nowhere else for it to st- with I mean, his other it, armor bearer because his wife was yeah not his around. wife did, his had wife not was gone come yeah on a journey but there was two <laughs> there was two armor bearers she gone <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot <laughs> um, there was two armor bearers staying with him in the um, two bedroom suite or whatever so um, more to come on that lately <laughs> later but we uh, he ended up staying and. We only had to complain a little bit, and we went to the church and did ministry, and it, it there was some parts of it that were really powerful, and we saw God move, and I do remember one time, though, where um, I might not be speaking to you if, in the midst of your own stupidity, God doesn't give you some grace. So we were about to start, um, I think, our second service at the church. Very, very long days. Yeah, long days. Yeah, I mean, really long days. When we talk about revivals, it was like from the morning to the night, and then for two or three days, and then a break, and then two or three days again. Yeah. And there was something going on with the sound equipment. And, I mean, they obviously didn't have great sound equipment, but it was good enough, but it had to be perfect for our pastor. Like, perfect. it had to be just the right. And I know nothing about sound. I really don't. But I figured... I'll go and make sure the chords are figured out. And then me and my my good friend, um, who was also an armor bearer, decided we better go to the church before the second session starts and make sure that the sound is appropriate and ready to go. So the church was <clears throat> probably three or four miles from the compound. Yeah. That'd be my guess. Three or four miles away from the compound. Um we didn't have a ride. We didn't have a telephone to call anybody to give us a ride. We had no way to contact any from anyone from the church. So <laughs> I don't even know how to say this. Um, we basically hitchhiked to the church. In Lagos, Africa. <laughs> In Nigeria. I mean, we walked around and found someone who would drive us to the church and said we'd, we'd give them some cash. I mean... This is like how those bad stories start. This is how Dateline stories start. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and we went around walking around saying, who will drive us here? And, and we just hopped in some random person's car and they drove us there. We paid them. And you got so lucky. This is, again, why we say God's grace covers you sometimes even when you're dumb. It was, <laughs> I mean, that could have gone bad very quickly. Very quickly. Yeah. Um, so we ministered there for a week and a half or two weeks mm-hmm. and... Um, I think the day before we are going to go back, um, the pastor took three of us armor bearers, four of us armor bearers with him to, um, a really nice meal that he, that was nice in the nicest spot there. And, um, it was a hamburger and, um, (laughs) hamburger was undercooked. To say the least. It was a smear burger. <laughs> it was a smear. Smear or smear? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> that was a Michael Scott reference. Yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> if you know, you know. If you don't, <coughs> get up to the times. Um, but it was uh, very undercooked, and um, one of my downfalls is I just go along with things. Maybe yeah, I was going to say... Why didn't you just say something? I mean, there's a difference between it like being pink and it being like full on raw, which it was raw. Like you could have smeared it with the bun 
Yeah. It would have smeared across your plate. It was that raw. It was that raw, yeah. I, I don't know. I have a hard time, like, sending things back or making feel well, maybe people we feel Africa bad too. for things. Like, you don't want to Basically, the first time I like went, that yeah, white person. The, the first time I went to Africa, I went to Ethiopia with with a missions team, and we went to this small village, and they, they uh, slaughtered a goat in our presence and then boiled it over water and served it to us. And none of the team was eating it, and I felt so bad, so I just started downing it. Just started just <laughs> getting after that boiled goat. And I got so sick because I ate almost the whole thing and no one else was eating it. I felt so bad that I just... So the same thing's happening here, and I'm like, I guess I You're better like, eat fine, this. You're like, it's fine, it's fine, no, it's totally no, no. fine, it's totally so fine. So good, you did such a good job on this. <laughs> so I totally just You ate, ate it. it. You ate it, yep. And then it ate and you inside. <laughs> boy. Boy. So everybody everybody was leaving the next morning. Mm-hmm. We were staying there for another like 12 hours. We were not leaving till that night. Yeah. So the entire church. No, like, no. They left that night and we were leaving the next morning. Because it was okay. through the night we were there you're by right, ourselves. Right. Okay, you're right. So they left that night. The four of us who got there early were leaving the next morning. So... Ben is, I mean, I have never, I mean, the kid can throw up on a dime, (laughs) but I have never seen him so sick. I mean, you were puking like what? A couple times an hour, like the entire night. The entire night. Like I didn't sleep one wink. I would puke and then diarrhea, then puke and then diarrhea, (laughs) then puke and then diarrhea. I didn't leave. The I'm toilet. laughing, but I was totally crying. <laughs> and we were again. It was just us four. Yeah, in we Africa. had, and we had no access to like call anybody. Like, and no, I remember, like we had like a couple bottles of water. And no, that was we were it. so they would stock our place every night because you can't drink the water. So they would stock our place with would put bottled water in there. But for whatever reason, we didn't have enough water that night because everyone else had left. Maybe yeah. that's what it was. We didn't get our like normal like come home with a water bottle because I drink so much water. You know me and I like my good cold water. (laughs) Um, And it was, I mean, we were like scavengers that night. I remember being so scared that like if something were to happen, I wouldn't know what to do. There was nobody to contact. Anyone to contact. And it wasn't like there was a lobby at this place to like go find. There was no phones in the, in the rooms. Um, It was just the four of us. And, um, it was terrifying. I like. I just remember we we were up. I was up all night, like so scared for you. You were up all night, puking your brains out, and just like praying for like the sun to come up so we could like just like just <laughs> get back to America. Yeah. <laughs> get back just... to faucet faucet water that I could drink. <laughs> just give me some hose water, please, God. But um. So somehow you managed to live through the night. I don't know. How, like honestly, I don't know. Honestly, how. no. This is like a miracle. <laughs> this and the burst appendix that somehow healed itself, like, are the miracles in my life. This was a miracle. Yeah, this was. A this miracle. was so bad. This was <laughs> so bad. I mean, I like lost count how many times you threw up. <clears throat> it was so bad, but somehow we managed to like get to the airport. Like, I didn't think you were gonna like. It was a miracle that you managed to make it to the airport from our compound without, like, puking. Yeah. Like, you had 
maybe just puked everything up at that point. Yeah. We get to the airport. I mean, <laughs> and we've got it. We've got a long flight ahead of us. <laughs> yeah. So and we're on the plane. Food poisoning's not something you want to be dealing no. with on a twenty-four hour well, flight. Well, food poisoning or diphtheria? <laughs> I don't know. What did I get from that meat? <laughs> Probably way beyond. <laughs> yeah, you would have been lucky for food poisoning. <laughs> Seriously. So we finally get on the plane, and then I'm like. We have another layover in Paris. And I'm puking on the plane the whole time. Well, because, yeah, elevation just makes everything worse. Any ailment you're feeling, yeah. elevation makes it worse. But then we have, like, a another 10-hour layover in Paris, and it was supposed to be this great thing. Yeah, <laughs> that we're, like, Which, let's, let's go back to the point where we were leaving, before we left Africa, before our pastor left, he <clears> was <throat> given an honorarium, which was a large amount of money to him, and he gave... He knew we were staying, so he gave me, I can't remember how much, but it was a lot of It was a couple hundred dollars. It, it was more like $400 It was. Cash. I remember it being like around 300 or so. Three or $400, and he said, spend this when you're in Paris. Spend it all on your wife. And it was like, again, one of those things where it's like, I would like to come back to America and be able to pay our bills. <laughs> yeah, or like buy groceries when we get home. Yeah, because we literally had so, maxed out all so, of our credit cards, yeah, so we so didn't we, know what we were going to no, be doing when we, we didn't got know, home. No, we did not know. And so we, we land in Nigeria. Sorry, we land in Paris for a layover. And <laughs> we, we again take the bus into Paris. And the only thing I'm thinking the entire time is this. In Paris... You have to pay to get into like the restrooms, <laughs> and they're at like the end of streets in every street. And yeah. every st- street corner we turn on, the first thing I think is, "Where's the next bathroom?" Yeah, because I don't I don't want to just poop my pants in the middle of Paris. <laughs> You've already done that before in Italy, so <laughs> yeah. And so I just. I'm not enjoying it at all. Yeah, it was a it's, really it rough. Was, it was like, miserable. It, we were there for like another five or six hours after getting there and getting well, and back. Again, we and, had to walk around everywhere, which you like hadn't eaten in 24 hours and like and, puked up and every was, single. I felt thing. like I was. I literally felt like I was dying. Yeah. I, like I thought. I thought I might die. <laughs> yeah, it was really scary. It was really scary. But it was. And it was so hard to like have to spend that money. Remember yeah. how hard that we, was? We it went was and like, like spend it on some like coat. I remember I got a great jacket, yeah. But it was still cool like not nothing. But it was, like, it was nothing we'll you really would have wanted, but we were like, we have to spend we'll just this buy money. This. He said we had to spend Because it. if we came home without spending that money, because he was going to ask you what yeah. you bought, if we came home without spending that money, you would have been in trouble. Yeah. Much like a lot of other like times he gave you money for yeah. something specific when we really needed it for like food or And some bills. manipulation. Yeah. 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 But yeah, we... Well, we got some good crepes. We, we got some crepes. I puked in the bathroom in the restaurant multiple times (laughs) and then we got back to america yeah we did we did we made it back yeah somehow somehow made it back um talk about the worst planned trip to a country that's not necessarily well we just ended up spending so much more money than we would have needed to had we like actually planned but so that was our Africa trip. And then it was kind of back to the grind, back to the businesses. And how did you guys even like... Don't put, grind, you don't shine. How did you guys even put off like projects you were working on to make this Africa trip? There was trip? one person that stayed back. 
Oh. Yeah, they did all the work. Oh, I'll tell okay. you later. But yeah, there was okay. one person that stayed back and did all the work. Sorry, persons. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, yeah, that was... So back to the grind, back to HW Design, back to Ben and Carly growing further apart. and uh, The frigid, cold ice <laughs> kingdom continuing to grow. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks. All right. Final four for the week is what? Hidden, hidden talents, but we're going to do each other's hidden talents. Yes. Maybe some of them aren't hidden, but talents that maybe not everyone knows about each other. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I will start. Okay, you start. Okay. So my first hidden talent for Ben is that he is an extremely good writer. <laughs> <laughs> Which may not seem very, like, cool. <laughs> But I'm a terrible writer in the sense of, like, writing papers and, like, it's something that I can always go to him and ask for advice. Like, okay, how should I write this? How should I say this when it's something, like, professional? And you're just really good at professionally um, putting things on paper. Like, really good at, like, you were able just to, like, write a cover letter for, like, when you applied for a job and... I honestly would not know the first place to start with a cover letter. Like, I would be Googling what is a cover letter. It's basically from writing business plans. So <laughs> it all comes full circle. God is good. Well, <laughs> Hashtag I, blessed. Think it's di- <laughs> I think it's different because we just write differently. You're very much more congenial and relatable i'm much more professional and yeah. stoic and we it's it's, but because it's I'm a not, great it's a great balance we mm-hmm. have between each other like True. you're you're great at writing things that are relatable to people i'm great at like scientific research <laughs> yeah know. no but it's because i'm not i can always like rely on you to like help me like how can i like, what should I say for this thing? Or how should I respond, you know, to this email or whatever? So, um, Or I how always... should you finish your last um, theological class that you're in what? when we're married and oh, I helped you with? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> That's true. You, were, you did help me with my classwork. <laughs> but, yes, you were, like, obviously very academic. And um, I was maybe a little more social. So, um <laughs> You just, yes, hidden talent writing is definitely, like, your talents for sure. Thank you. Um, Carly's first hidden talent, if you don't know what it is, superhuman senses. (laughs) (laughs) She has incredible sense of smell, sight, and hearing. Anything, Anything that has to do with senses... She's super superhuman <laughs> with. But what does um, that mean? It means, um, literally, she can smell anything. Like she walks a into a room and she knows exactly what's going on in the room. My kids are doomed. <laughs> yeah, they totally are. Um, she can see anything, mostly maybe because she wants to see everything. <laughs> 
something called Kravitz. But explain she, what what Kravitz is. I don't know. You can, you can explain what Kravitz okay. is. Kravitz, Mrs. Kravitz was the neighbor in I Dream a Genie, I believe, and she was like a busybody. Like she always wanted to know what was going on, and like always peering out her window to like to see what was going on, like see what the scuttlebug was in the neighborhood, and so. Kravitz. That's Carly's hidden talent. Is Kravitz. She knows everything that's going on at all times. So Whether Kravitz. it's like in her area of expertise or in the neighborhood or anything um, with our family or at the grocery store. She sees it all. All I of do. it. All of it. She I hears do. everything. We've talked about her hearing her you senses about my hearing? when yeah when I eat food and you hear everything oh, yes. every crunch I yes, make yes 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 um those are her three sight hearing and smell yes those are her superhuman senses so I need to clarify Kravitz is from Bewitched and she's the nosy neighbor who's like always <laughs> <laughs> peering out her window um, not I Jimmy Jimmy Bewitched peering out her window trying to figure out what's going on in the neighborhood so. Um, Kravitz is is essentially like an adjective that we call each other if like somebody is being nosy or <laughs> wants to know something in our family. It's always like, geez, Kravitz. <laughs> Basically, Carly and her mom. Yeah, but but you're in really good but you're good ways. Yeah, <laughs> it's very beneficial to our family. So <clears throat> it's not a negative thing. It's totally beneficial. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Ben's second one is. Um, his ten, his talent is his ability to work out. So, <laughs> <laughs> what in the world? So I mean this in the sense of like Ben has a, has the ability <laughs> to this very very annoying ability, but also very amazing to like <laughs> do three days of a sit up like abs routine, <laughs> and he comes out with a six pack. I mean, he can do crunches for literally. A day, and he has a six-pack. Whereas the rest of the world is on a six-week plan and not even anywhere close. It's, like, extremely annoying the way that his body responds to working out and lifting weights. I mean, I'm thankful. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) But it's extremely annoying when I compare myself to maybe going on a run or doing something and... He's lost three pounds at the end of our run <laughs> when I somehow have gained three pounds. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I am thankful, but it's also extremely annoying. Ben's second hidden talent working out. <laughs> second hidden his, his, AKA his, annoying Carly. <laughs> his, his ability to get a six pack. Super hidden talent. <laughs> um, Carly's second hidden talent, which is probably not hidden, <clears throat> is creativity. Face painting. Chalk art, baking, anything that re- revolves around creativity, Carly is amazing at. That's honestly, so broad. Yeah, but honestly, let's say a family is going to be the greatest showman for <laughs> Halloween. Most people would buy costumes. Not Carly. She's going to make every single one by hand. And then she's going to buy pantyhose and draw the tattoos for the tattoo man for our one-year-old. 
So honestly, there, there's she. She will not be beat. She's creative. Pantyhose. The face painting. You just said pantyhose. <laughs> Isn't that what it was? Not. No, it was. It was like leot, like dance wear fabric. Okay. But. Sorry, <laughs> priestly garments. <laughs> um, or face painting. If anyone wants to hire her for parties, it's not going to be. A dragon. It's going to be a dragon breathing fire with webbed feet. I mean, it's it's so above and beyond. But it's it, she's so good at it. chalk art. Incredible. I mean, I have to like trace things to make them good, and she just like makes Ariel with flounder serving her tea. I don't know what. What? But anything creative, face painting, chalk art. Well, chalk art's very especially. forgiving, which is what's nice about it. It's very forgiving in the way that you can, like, shadow and blend and stuff, you know? Well, she's very good at it, so. Well, thank you. You're welcome. That's kind. Um, Ben's third hidden talent is that he's extremely good with kids. And... <laughs> and animals. <laughs> and animals. So we used to call him Dr. Doolittle because... <laughs> He's kind of like comes off as shy and people are probably getting a whole new side of Ben through this podcast. And you're also, you're all very welcome for that. But Ben, um, yeah, he can come off as just a little bit shy and quiet until you kind of get to know him. And I'm introverted. Yeah, he's introverted. But when he gets around kids, he's like a whole different person. I remember like the first time seeing him like, wow. And kids like love you. <laughs> Kids love you. Like, p- kids that, like, don't like anybody else, like, love Ben. And, like, what I'm trying to say is if you want to hire both of us for a party, <laughs> ben, can the be the enter- <laughs> ben can be the entertainment. I can paint the kids' faces. Um, but, yeah, no, like, you're incredibly gifted when it comes to, like, just being fun with kids. Like, you're so just fun and silly and like not afraid to be stupid and kids just really like gravitate towards you and i feel like <laughs> animals too <laughs> 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 i don't know why that's so funny but <laughs> i guess animals just gravitate towards they you do. they do i don't know just picturing like the squirrels like coming up to you or something. <laughs> yeah. Um <clears throat> no, but that's like something that like not a, not every guy, guys especially, not every guy is like just easily like <clears throat> like so good with kids, you know? And even before you like you've even long before you've had kids, you've always been and maybe it helped that you were an uncle at like a really young age. Um but you've always just been really good with kids, and kids just, like, really seem to, like, gravitate towards you. And I love that about you. Thank you. <laughs> Dr. Doolittle. <laughs> Carly's third hidden talent is celebrating holidays. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> Literally, our house changes every holiday. And As if, it should. <laughs> if it was for me, never, ever would. Ever. <laughs> but looking at our walls right now, we have hearts all, all over our house, Valentine's Day decorations. Mm-hmm. And I'm so thankful because it makes our kids love, like Truman loves holidays. <laughs> and it's all because of Carly. It really is. So 
It's a huge hidden talent. She loves holidays. She's great at celebrating holidays from um, the decorations we have to the food we eat. She's awesome at it. It's a great talent. Very thankful for it. Thank you. You're welcome. That was very kind. <laughs> <laughs> I do love holidays. <laughs> um, okay, your fourth and final hidden talent. Well, not final hidden talent, but for the evening. You have many hand talents, but um, Ben is extremely handy, which, thank <laughs> God. <laughs> I don't think I could be married to somebody who, like, doesn't know how to do simple things because my dad's a contractor and, like, grew up being able to do everything. So I just kind of assumed that, like, that's just how guys are and what they should be able to do. And I'm just really thankful that you know how to change a tire and change our brakes and change our oil and um, try to fix our fridge when we bought it refurbished <laughs> for a couple yeah, hundred I bucks. I fixed that fridge five to six times. With our game show earnings. Um, but, like, you know how to – I feel like we make such a great team because yeah. I'm very, like, visionary in what I want things to look like. And I just tell you what I want you to do, and you're able to do it, yeah. which is really awesome. And that's, that's been team. great for our, um, like our home decor and just styling purposes. Like I, I yeah, I just basically tell you what, like I, I'm wanting, and you're able to make it, which yeah. is really I'm bookshelf, so th- coffee table, picnic table, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I'm so thankful for that because. Well, I was going to say it saves us money. I don't know if it actually ends up saving us money, like when it you does. make things your own, yourself. Yeah. But sometimes you think you can like spend more money when you make things yourself. But it just is, it's so much more meaningful. Yeah. And I'm so thankful that like you're able to do those things because um, I like to, I like to have those things. And it's very sentimental. I'm a very sentimental person. That should be a hidden talent. <laughs> sentimental. <laughs> Me being sentimental. <laughs> Such a hidden talent. It's for sure a hidden talent. Yes. <laughs> Maybe not so hidden. Um, but I'm very thankful that you're handy and able to like bring to life things that are like important to me and like vision that I have for things. And um, and you're able just to fix things. You don't have to like hire somebody to do things. However, <laughs> remember when our TV broke? <laughs> and it was like a very old TV and you felt convinced you could fix it. And it was like, Ben, like, come on. Like, let's just uh, buy took a new apart TV. TV. He took apart the TV, like <laughs> trying to figure it out. And then he finally just came to terms with, okay, we should, we need yeah. to buy a new TV. Yep. But you're very handy and I'm Thank thankful you. for you being able to fix a lot of things in our house and our cars. Thank you. Um, Carly's fourth hidden talent is this is, Hopefully not too arbitrary. She just knows what people need. And this is really serious. (laughs) Sounds like a serious tone. (laughs) So kind. She just, ever since the time I met her, she she just always had this sixth sense of what people need. So a certain word of encouragement or um, a baked good or... A letter, whatever it was, she just always knew what people needed. And I think it's a huge hidden talent, maybe not hidden, but something she does really, really well is she understands what people needs and need, and she's able to deliver that in a, in a timely manner. So, thank you. I mean, that's, I don't know if there's anything else to say. She's good at that. Maybe that's what made me good at um, doing 
wedding hair and makeup for brides. Yeah, I think that is what makes her good at that. She knows what to say. Like the calm, like the calm she's factor so for calm. like brides on yeah, a she's like wedding day. Hidden talent, totally calm. <laughs> at least how she cool shows it. Cool as a cucumber, <laughs> how she shows it on the outside, even if it's different on the inside. Very cool customer. <laughs> cool customer. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank yes, you. You're That's welcome. Kind. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I mean, many more <laughs> hidden talents, but um, that'll be it for the day, the evening, the episode. Um, thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time. Have a wonderful week. Thanks for joining us on Biography. Please subscribe or leave a comment. And if you have questions or want to open up a discussion, you can find us on Instagram or Facebook at Biography. See you next time.